This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. When he comes around, homeboy, watch your nugget. He's the master of the beatdown. His style's rugged. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, this week, it's going to get a lot less weak. We're going to start off with some talk about stuff. We're going to move into some... Uh, some other segment where I'm going to tell you about a movie I saw called uh, Three Billboards. I liked it. Then we're going to move into some uh, who's who in the DC Comics universe where we're going to learn by the elongated man. And then we are going to finish it up with some talk about the big CW crossover. It's going to be a hoot. Let me uh, let me look around here. I got a new, a new jam was uh, submitted. Let me see if I can. All right, hit it. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. I saw Icy Robots drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. His hair was perfect. Uh, I do like myself a pina colada, and I do got to admit that um that my hair is perfect. At at this present time, we are up here on the moon base, up on Callisto, Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. And as you also know, uh, the the new CEO of the Space Pirates Incorporated. He's been he's been trying to get a hold of me for a while now, and I I've been ducking, I've been dodging, but finally I can't I can't avoid it anymore. Here he is. He's the man himself. He was once he was once a left for dead floating in space, coming through a uh, live on what is it, closed circuit radio, I guess. I don't know. He's He's not going through the uh, Pooptronics uh, cellular tower. He's broadcasting directly here to the moon base. It is the dude himself, A.B. Silver. Hello, I see robots. It's nice to finally hear from you. I have been calling your base regularly, but I never heard back. I suppose that your secretary, Emily, lost the messages. She is quite incompetent in my estimation. Emily's not my secretary, A.B., and she's not incompetent. She's the... She's the producer of the show, dude. She makes all the bits. She makes all the breaks. She does everything. She edits. Don't... Don't, don't, uh, speak down on her like that. That's, uh... And plus, she's pretty dangerous, man. I wouldn't mess with her. She was, um... She was one of the best fighter pilots in the Corinthian army, dude. Don't mess. But let's get down to it, A.B. What the heck do you want? All right. I understand. You want to get down to brass tacks? Yeah. I respect that. But first, 
I heard that you went through a fire of some sort, a big natural disaster. I hope that you and your family are all safe. Oh yeah, th thanks for asking, AB. Yeah, don't worry, you know, we're all... We're That's great. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time that I was left for dead in space? Oh, that's right. I didn't have to. You were there. AB, that's not fair. We didn't want to leave you for dead in space. You, you took off in the shuttlecraft, dude. We wanted you to stay on the base and be safe with us. You left us for dead on the base, but I don't, I don't want to go over this again, dude. Let's just, let's stick to the point. What do you want, man? Okay, fine. I see how it is. What do I want? I want to make you rich. Richer than you can even imagine. I am here with an amazing money-making opportunity that is too good for you to pass up. Only a fool would not want to be part of this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing, huh? I... What is it, dude? Tell me, I'm, I'm a little interested now. Only a little. Well, be prepared to be a lot interested, my friend. I am going to write and direct a movie about my life and I want you to invest in to also be one of the producers of the film. I know you like movies. Well, I do like movies, but... Dude, I don't know anything about producing a film. Nobody knows anything about producing. Producing means that you are paying for the movie and that you get some say in how it is spent. Doesn't that sound great? I mean, it does sound cool to be on, like, a movie set and stuff, but... I... I don't know, man. I don't, um... I don't have a lot of, like, discretionary income that I could use to, uh... To produce a film, and... I don't want to be mean or anything, dude, but I don't, like, what's, what's the, uh, what's the hook of the film? The hook. It's an amazing story about me. A robot who started off with Nabisco. Before I became the head of Pooptronics Media. That's the part I remember, and I don't, I don't know how glorious it was. Okay, then what comes next? Then I was murdered by a podcast host and his friends. I wouldn't call it murder, dude, and we didn't kill you, the pirates did. Okay, what's next? But I arose from the ashes and became the CEO of the Space Pirates. It is a tale of rebirth and redemption. It is going to win some gold. You think so? What gold? I already have an application for the Cannes Film Festival. I plan to win the Palme d'Or. That's cool, man. You know, just, I don't know, you might be... You might be reaching there, but dude, I don't know, you know, visualize and maybe it will come true. I've heard some people, I've heard some people have some success with that, but I don't know, man. I don't think that's enough to like invest my money in. Is there, is there anything else that maybe you could, you know, use like to try to sell me on? I don't know, anything? Yes, there is. I was saving the best for last. Oh yeah, word, what is that? What is that? I will tell you. In the role of A.B. Silver, that is me. As you know, in the role of A.B. Silver will be the greatest robot actor of all time. Johnny Five. What the heck? Johnny Five? Yes, I cannot believe that it is true either. But it is. Man, you guys, you robots, dude. You love Johnny Five so much. I mean, I guess I'm happy for you. I don't know. That's like your dream. But, um, I don't know, man. It... I, I don't want to be mean, but I, I do got to tell you the truth because you're coming at me with, like, a business opportunity. This, uh, doesn't sound like a winner, winner of a movie to me. I don't know if I would go see it outside of the fact that I know you, and if it's not a movie I want to see, I don't know if I could get behind it. Doesn't sound like a winner. Mm, nope. Mm -mm. You are wrong, my friend. Mm, I kind of don't think I am. It is going to win everything. What do you know anyway? 
You thought that Baby Driver was the best movie of the summer when it was, clearly Dunkirk. You have no taste. Dude, come on, that was something we talked about on the show. I mean, in all reality, Dunkirk was probably a better movie than Baby Driver, but Baby Driver was a better movie for the summer months. But dude, I don't want to argue with you. A.B., I appreciate you coming to me, and I appreciate you coming to me with this offer, but I am, I am going to have to decline. Decline? How dare you? What? That is like man declining fire from the gods. I am offering you a way out of your terrible life and you decline. You don't deserve to work on my movie. I was only offering you the chance because we needed a token flesh bag on the set, so that the flesh bag rights groups won't protest us. Well, dude, I'm sorry I couldn't be your token flesh bag, but... I mean, honestly, as offensive as you're being right now, I, I do wish you the best of luck. I'm going to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to decline, and, uh, yeah, um, AB, you know, feel free to give me a call if you, if you have anything else that, uh, you know, you just need any, any other, whatever you wanna, whatever be on the show, I don't know. You have not heard the last of me. I don't know, dude, I hope not. I mean, I said if you ever want to be on the show, I, AB, I gotta go, okay, talk to you soon. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? What's going on with these billboards, My daughter Angela was murdered, and the police department is too busy eating Krispy Kreme to solve actual crime. I'm in the middle of my damn Easter dinner. Sorry, kid. And about time you got home to your mama? I told her I was going to be out till 12. All this anger, it just gets greater anger. I saw you on TV the other day. You look good. I think the guy wants to get in my pants. Three billboards. Rated R, November 10th. I went to see... I went to see three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which... Which, according to good pal of the show, Eric P., is not a real place. I was, I don't know, at first I was disappointed to hear that. But then, once I started thinking about how I don't know if I would want good old Santa Rosa to be portrayed in this way, I guess I understand why they why they used a made-up town. The movie is rated R. It was directed by Martin McDonough. It stars Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, and Sam Rockwell. And more or less, the story is that Francis McDormand plays a, like, a rough-hewn Missouri woman whose daughter was, she was the victim of a violent crime maybe a year back. She was, she was murdered and... The police are having, well, they've had no luck in finding any suspects or any, any kind of leads on the crime. So, in an attempt to keep the crime in the public eye, Frances McDormand goes out and she, she rents three billboards right outside of town. They happen to be the location of where the crime took place and she puts some... I would say mildly inflammatory messages about how, about how the police haven't done anything to, uh, to advance the investigation of the crime. And this, this causes the entire town to go haywire. Woody Harrelson is, he's the chief of police and he is the one that is in charge of the investigation. And some people in the town 
side with him, the, the more law and order types, they side with him in that they understand that he's doing all that he can to, to work on the case while other people feel like, you know, he should have more leads. He should be further ahead than he is. And these, these folks are more supportive of Francis McDormand. And then there's also the, the deputy Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is a fantastic actor. If, if for whatever reason they decided to make a movie about the life of good old, uh, good old IC robots, I would, I would like to see Sam Rockwell play me. Not that, not that we have a lot of physical similarities in that, except we both have brown hair and we're both like around the same height, but that's, that's where it ends. I just think that he is a terrific actor and he is, he's really great in this as the deputy that, He's, uh, he's, like, completely off the rails. He's, he's out of his mind, in a way, and the, the billboards and the case and all these other things cause him to go on, I don't know, like, a wild, lawless spree. The movie is, you'd have to call it a comedy. It's kind of a, it's kind of a dark comedy in that a lot of, a lot of weird, funny things happen, but it definitely has a, it has a dark undertone. I, I definitely enjoyed this movie. I thought that I thought that it had a lot of fantastic individual performances. Frances McDormand is terrific. She's terrific in almost everything. You might know her from Fargo. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's great in it too as as the sheriff. I think that Woody Harrelson has had such an interesting career. When you think back about how dude started off as Woody on Cheers and he's gone all the way to like being an Oscar caliber actor. It's amazing. We, when we first saw Woody on Cheers, you kind of just assumed that he was, he was that dim-witted character that he played on the show. He, he did it so well that you never doubted that that was the real him. But then over the years, you've seen him play everything from uh, Mickey Knox in, um, that that Oliver Stone movie where he's like a lunatic to to this to just everything in between and the guy is he's out of sight and to me though the the shining light of the movie is Sam Rockwell he's he's just dynamite in in the role of the deputy there there is some talk of Oscar buzz for him as well as Francis McDormand and I think that, I think that is deserved. If either of the two were nominated for Best Actress or Best Supporting, I, I think that, I think that would be well-deserved. Let's hop on over to Tomatoes, and we're gonna see what, we're gonna see what they have to say. It is presently at 97% with, with the peeps, and 95% with the critics. I, I think that's about right. This is the kind of movie that I think that, um, I think that most people will enjoy. There is, there's definitely something in it for everybody. There's some laughs. There's some sadness. There's, there's all kind of stuff like that. But it's also the kind of movie to me where you watch it and you enjoy the performances of the individuals so much that you kind of don't realize that I'm not going to say the script is lacking because I don't think it's that, but it is, it is definitely heightened by the way that they showcase the performances of Rockwell and McDormand and Woody Harrelson. They, they really, really, they get the most out of what is there. Also, you get a really good performance out of Peter Dinklage, who plays, he's just a dude that lives in the town and he has a thing for Francis McDormand. They, they go on a date. It's, 
Another incredible Dinklage performance. This guy is great. He he kills it in everything that he's ever been in. One of one of the best actors of this generation. I like this movie. I had a good time. It's not too long. I I recommend it on on the good old fashioned Source magazine mic meter with one with one being a dud and five being an all time classic. I am going to go ahead and give three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, three point five mics. 3.5 mics. Hey, this is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke on G.I. Joe, and you're listening to the Toys R Us Report. Yo, Joe! Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the Toys R Us Report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk, maybe a Ghostbusters action figure, or a Star Trek propeller hat. It's really up to you. VirtualDirtMall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Up next, what's sure to be an awesome segment, Who's Who in the DC Comics Universe. You're welcome in advance. All right, dudes and dudettes, guys and gals, uh, cats and dogs, pigs and cows. I don't know what else is there that that is like paired up in that sense. Whoever it is, whoever it is who is out there right now that's listening to this, this is this is the main event of the show. This is the big middle portion, and what we uh, what we're gonna do right here is we're gonna uh, get a somewhat in-depth look at a character that has recently begun uh, appearing on the CW show known as, known as The Flash. He is, he's the latest member of Team Flash. Are they, are they officially called Team Flash? I don't know. He is, he is a dude that goes by the name of the elongated man, aka Ralph Dibney. Is it Dibney? It's D-I-B. NY. It is Dibney. Even though sometimes I do say Dinby. So if you hear that, if you hear that during the course of this, please, please forgive me. What we like to do is we use the seminal 1980s guide to DC Comics known as Who's Who, the definitive directory of the DC Comics universe. And this is, this is the September 1985 episode. It costs a dollar. When it came out, $1.35 in Canada, and it was, um, 45 pence if you were overseas in the, the good old land of Britain. This one covers from Dr. Psycho, that guy sounds cool, all the way to Fastback, who is, who is a turtle that can run really fast. We find our boy, we find him on page 24, and he is right between El Papagayo and Element Lad, the... The Legion of Superhero Dude, Element Lad. Alrighty, let's start off with some of the personal data. They they split this into three small categories. The first being the first being personal data. Dude's name is Ralph Dibney. We already know that. His occupation is that of a former entertainer, now professional adventurer. That sounds cool, man. I don't know I don't know how you make that bread when you're out there adventuring, but I can dig it. He is married. He has known relatives that go by the name of uh, Sue, his wife. And then there is also Jim, who is Sue's uncle. He is affiliated with the Justice League of America, and he operates out of the Justice League headquarters 
in Detroit. He's part of the famous Detroit Justice League team. It seems like seems like who's ever behind the uh who's ever behind the DC universe on the CW, they really, really, really they like the Detroit years of the Justice League. You got Vixen, you got Vibe, you got you got practically the whole team, and that's great. He first appeared in Flash number one hundred and twelve. That book was titled The Mystery of the Elongated Man. It came out in 1960. Our guy is a six foot one. He weighs 178 and he has blue eyes and red hair. Quite, quite fetching. Let's get into his history. When Ralph Dibney was nine years old, his parents took him to a traveling sideshow where he met an Indian rubber man. I'm not, I'm not thinking that's a guy made out of rubber. I'm thinking that is, that's a guy who is very flexible, like a yogi, like a dude who's into yoga, who can kind of, who can kind of stretch and stuff. I think if you were to if you were to imagine the stereotype that they are showing here, I would imagine Dalsam from from a Street Fighter, the guy with the with the arms that could shoot all the way across the screen. I I liked Dalsam. I'm not like a great Street Fighter player, but I I always enjoyed using him. I would I would try to like stay away on one side of the screen and use my reach advantage. I know I know that's cheap, but it was it was something I liked to do, and I I, I racked up a lot of wins doing that. So. I don't know, man. There are there are cheaper things to do. I I'm cool with it. I, I have no regrets. All right. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Ralph's fascination with the ability of India rubbermen to stretch lasted into his adulthood. Dibney learned that each rubberman he had met liked a soft drink called Gingold, and he deduced that it somehow gave them their stretching ability. I don't know, man. I bet you that they did know. It was probably probably like a trade secret of some sort, just because. Just because these dudes didn't tell you that they all drink Gingold to get, to get a bit more flexible. I wonder what's in Gingold. I don't, I don't know, man. What kind of a, uh, what kind of a drink can make you more flexible? I'm curious. I think that, I think that if there was such a thing, I might, um, I might partake sometimes. Everybody, everybody can use a bit more flexibility. I used to be, I used to be super flexible when I was younger. I could, like, stretch and bend all kinds of weird ways and, over the years, I've lost it. I think that, I think that's normal. I can still touch my toes and do all that kind of stuff, but I have, I have lost a bit of it, so if I had some Gingold, I might, I might give it a, um, I might give it a sip. Dibney learned that the Gingold's main ingredient was the juice of the fruit of a Gingo plant from the Yucatan. He isolated an unknown chemical within the plant, drank a large dose of it, and he gained superhuman stretching powers. I mean, bam, just like that, dude drinks, dude drinks a salad bowl full of, uh, Gingold extract, and he turns into, uh, he turns into DC's version of Mr. Fantastic. That's, that's nuts. I, I bet you he had to, he had to keep this so secret. It was, it probably weighed on his mind. It probably caused him a lot of undue stress. He's like, if anyone finds out that the whole secret to my ability is just drinking a salad bowl full of Gingold, I'll, I'll be ruined. The whole world will be stretching around the block. I mean, that's like, keeping a secret is very stressful, especially if it's like a secret that could not necessarily ruin you, but in a way it could ruin you because everybody, everybody will have your abilities, man. That, um, that has to be, that has to be stress. Dibney made a fortune using his new powers on stage and television under the secret identity of the elongated man. I don't know how secret it is. He, he kind of wore like a, uh, one of those blindfold style masks. I think you could probably, you could probably put two and two together. Only in comics does that kind of mask protect your, protect your identity. Uh, 
He then retired from show business and married a young socialite, Sue Dearborn, and publicly revealed his true identity. That was that was probably for the best. I imagine I imagine that everybody kind of knew already. If if you if you knew if you knew him, if you knew Dibney, you'd probably know that that fool under the mask was him. I mean, I feel as if it would be hard. It would be hard to not. Ralph and Sue spent their time traveling through America and the world, enjoying their lives of leisure. Often in the course of their travels, Ralph, a brilliant amateur detective. Amateur detective to me means you're like a snoop, you're a busybody, you're always getting into uh you're always getting into people's business. You know, he's probably he's like one of those pesky kids on Scooby Doo, just going around stretching his uh stretching his nose into other people's business. Ralph, a brilliant amateur detective, found intriguing mysteries that he solved using his wit. And his powers, as I recall, he had, he had this gimmick where, like, he had a, uh, he had a nose for mystery, and when he, when he suspected there was, like, a mystery about his, his nose would wiggle to and fro, which is, which is kind of weird, but also, I don't know, kind of cool, I guess. I don't, I don't think myself would want to have a nose that could move back and forth, but there could be times when, you know, for the sake of humor or whatever, you could, you could bust that out, you know, maybe, like, if there was, like, a little kid around, you're like, hey, kid, look, moving your nose, I don't know, it could be cool, could be not, I don't know, um, in his investigations, Ralph caught many criminals, and he aided the Batman and the Flash in various cases, as a result, the elongated man was eventually, eventually, they didn't let him in at first, it took a while, but eventually, he became a member of the Justice League of America, powers and weapons, let's Let's take a look at the powers and the weapons of the elongated man. As far as I know, dude doesn't use any weapons. It's like his body is a living weapon. He's not the kind of guy who's going to have to break out like a like a Colt 45 or a Colt Python or something. He could just squeeze you to death. He can make his hands like bigger than your whole body and just squeeze you if he wanted to. But let's let's investigate. The elongated man can stretch any part of his body to incredible length. He is a good hand-to-hand combatant without using his powers, and is a brilliant one when he does. Imagine, like, having to fight this guy. He could throw a, throw a jab at you, and then at the last minute, like, hook it around and punch you in the back of the head. And if you try to, try to grapple with him, he's gonna, like, wrap his arms around you a million times. There is no way you could prepare yourself to defend from a guy who can punch you in the stomach. From a mile away. It's just, uh, it's not possible. He would be very, very difficult to fight hand-to-hand. I mean, also, the fact that he can stretch and stuff, I would imagine that gives him to, like, some degree a a kind of invincibility. If you can't grab him and break his limbs or punch him and break his bones, what can you do? You could probably, probably suffocate him. It's possible if you could somehow cover his mouth and nose, maybe you could suffocate him, but more than likely he could wiggle his nose out between your fingers or around your hand and catch a, catch a breath anyway. This is, this is a true test for any hand-to-hand combatant. I would be curious to see what kind of a plan somebody like a, a master planner like the Batman has, has for fighting the elongated man or plastic man. You know that he does. You know Batman has a plan and I wonder, I wonder what it is. He must drink Gingold extract regularly to maintain his powers. So dude is really on a PED at a performance enhancing drug. He would not he would not be allowed to take these abilities and fight in the octagon or the boxing ring. Well, I don't know if Gingold extract is a uh, is a banned substance. Maybe it's not. It's probably not, but it probably it probably should be, but at any rate, 
Ralph has to keep drinking this stuff all the time, or he won't have his uh, special abilities anymore. The elongated man wears a costume made of a special stretch nylon that stretches when and as much as he needs to, and it returns to his shape when it's done. That's, that's some crazy nylon, because homie can stretch a mile, according to the CW, and so far the CW has not led me, uh, in the wrong direction, so I can imagine homie can stretch a mile, and, uh, I don't know what kind of a nylon has that ability, but let's just, uh, let's just say for the sake of, just for the sake of argument, let's just say there is such a thing. The elongated man possesses an ingenious deductive mind and a superb detective ability. He is fascinated by mysteries and invariably, when first becoming intrigued by one, his nose twitches side to side. See, I knew that would come up at some point. Alrighty, tidy whitey, so we got the, uh, we got that out of the way. Let's hop on eBay. Let's see what, let's see what the value is on the first appearance of the elongated man. Hold on, I put the, uh, I put the guy down. I'm super far away from the microphone right now trying to grab it. I hope, I hope you can carry me. But then again, I hope not because I sound weird. He first appeared in Flash 112. Let's see. Let's, let's look that up. The, the best way to see the true value of something is to see what people are actually paying for it. Here is one. This came out in 1960. Somebody paid... 145 bucks. That's not bad. It's not in great shape. Here's another one that's in worse shape. 115 bucks. 120 bucks. Here's one that's uh went up for auction and went for 86 bucks. Here's one that is graded uh 6.5. I'm not a comic grader. I don't own any comic that is graded, but I I can see I can see how you might be into it. And this one went for 325. Man, Grading a comic increases the value so much. I guess, I guess it takes the subjectivity out of the whole thing. You know what it is, there's a number on it, and you can pay for that number. I get it. I'm not into it, but I get it. So they have the elongated man now on The Flash on CW. I really do enjoy The Flash. It's, uh... Not so much lighthearted as it has been in the past, but it does have a lot of lighthearted elements in it. And one of these is Ralph Dimbity, the the elongated man. In this, he got his powers through some kind of dark matter accident that that went over a bus. It went over a bus, the dark matter, and it created a bunch of metahumans. And these guys are, for the most part, the villains for this season. Ralph was one of them, but he is... He's not a villain. He is a bit of a cad. In in the CW universe, he is a not so much crooked as he is a bad cop. He was a cop rather. He was released from the force. That shows you that shows you what kind of an officer he was. He was kind of a he was a colleague of Barry who also works for the Central City Police and I I missed the part where they explained exactly what he did to get released, but he was released. I know he wasn't crooked because they didn't they didn't like throw him in the clink. They just they just booted him off the force. But he's kind of a cad. He enjoys going to like strip clubs and he's kind of sleazy. He's sort of a uh, you might call him a well, in the world of today, he would be considered kind of a sex offender. He's kind of kind of touchy-feely, kind of like that, but in in a kind of an innocent TV way, not a real life sleazy way. I enjoy seeing him on the show, though. I think, 
I get a thrill out of just these kind of off-the-wall, obscure characters being introduced into the CW universe. I think he's a nice addition to Team Flash. I like him. I I think the actor that they have playing him, too, is, uh, he's good. He's good in the role. You buy him as the elongated man. So, there you have it, dude. If you've been watching the CW Flash and you're just like, who's this guy who can stretch? Well, now you know, you know. Now you know. Now you know, and knowing, as they say, is half the battle. I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's half. I think identifying the problem is a large part of the battle, but it is not half. Maybe, maybe a quarter? I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not a scientist toward these kind of things, but, uh, let's jump into the final segment of the show, the something, 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 pop culture, something or another. You've made it this far. It's time, the final segment, the Icy Robot Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, this is it. This is it. The life you get, so go ahead and have a ball. You know, there is incredible wisdom in the One Day at a Time theme song. Let me, let me take a, uh, let's take a quick look. This is just kind of, kind of off the cuff. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Gosh, the AOL is so slow to connect up here. Da, 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 da. You've got and mail. Do you like to hear me do this one day at a time? It's just truly a fantastic song. One day at a time theme. I'm having a little bit of a one day at a time. Not da da da. One day at a time. Okay, this is it. This is the life, the one you get, so go and have a ball. This is it. Straight ahead and rest assured that you can't be sure at all. See, there is, there's a lot of uncertainty in life. That's what makes life difficult, but it's also what makes life interesting. So you got to take it as it goes. So while you're here, enjoy the view and keep on doing what you do. So just got to keep on keeping on, man. You got to enjoy what's there. You got to enjoy the view. You got to enjoy the life you have. You got to keep on keeping on. So hold on tight. We'll muddle through one day at a time. That's the only way that you can go into life. You got to go just one day at a time, man. The stress will overwhelm you if you don't just one thing at a time. So up on your feet, up on your feet. Don't you, uh, so up on your feet, up on your feet. Somewhere there's music playing. It's like, no matter how bad you feel, and I have to admit, you guys, I have been feeling, I've been feeling pretty bad. This, this fire and all this stuff, it's, uh, it's hard to go around town and it's hard to see my beloved Santa Rosa in the condition it is. It's really, it's really brought me down, but I try to muddle through. So up on your feet somewhere, there's music playing, you know, somewhere people are happy, somewhere people have found happiness. Don't you worry, none. We'll just take it like it comes one day at a time. There is incredible wisdom in there. It is. The secret of life is contained inside the One Day at a Time theme song. Let's, uh, let's actually, let's boot it up right now and give it a listen. This is all coming, it's all coming off the cuff. This is it, this is it, this is Up on your feet, up on your feet, somewhere that's moving. Yeah, yeah. 
And there you have it. That is uh, an incredibly wise song. I have to admit, I was never like a big fan of, big fan of the show. I've seen a few episodes. It was cool and stuff, but I'm not like a, like a big aficionado, but I have a, I have a CD full of TV theme songs and I was, I was bumping it. I wanted to hear the A-Team theme, which I really love and I was bumping it. And this song, this song came up and at the time, this was, this was post-fire and this, this is really, it's like it's thrown me into a depressive funk and I, I think that that's completely understandable and I think that that is what a lot of people are going through right now. But the song came on and I listened to it and I said, the the wisdom of the ages is contained in there. Everything, everything you need to know to make it through difficult times is, it's right there for you. And I know that you're probably thinking that's silly, but go back and listen again. It's telling you life is uncertain. Life is scary. Life is all these things. But the only thing you can do is... Accept the fact that this is the life you have, this is what it is, and just keep taking your problems one day at a time. That really is the only thing you can do. You do just one day. Just do the one day. If you can't do the one day, just do one thing. Just take one thing that you need to do. Do that. Be happy about it. Move on to the next thing. Do that and be happy. And then eventually you will get back to normal. As they say, you got to fake it till you make it. As it were, it's not so much that you're faking it in reality, but you have to keep putting the effort in. You have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You got to put one foot in front of the other. And then eventually you will be back to walking normal. You can't, you can't spend your time like wallowing in your sadness as much as you want to, because this is the only life you get. Maybe, you know, there is more out there in the cosmos. Maybe... Maybe some of the spiritual things that we think are real, but until you know that, the only thing you do know is you'll be here and that someday you'll pass. And you don't want to spend the time you're here in misery. You want to spend the time that you're here happy and in joy. So you just, you got to take it one day at a time. You got to do it like Valerie Bertinelli did. You got to do it like Schneider did. You got to just one day at a time. And I don't, I don't mean to get preachy at you guys and I... I apologize for that, but like every once in a while, something falls into my lap and I'm like, I have to share this. I have to share this with people. Like it would be, it would be selfish for me to keep it to myself. Now I know for the most part, most of you guys are doing great and I'm happy. I am so happy that you're doing great. I am. I want everybody in the world to be happy and I want everybody to be doing great. But I hope that, I hope that maybe in some way I reach somebody who might not be doing so well under that the thing that's making me feel better can maybe make them feel better. If I can do that, then I'll tell you, if I can go out there and make anybody happy, then all the effort that I put in to Icy Robots Radio is worth it. I I want to provide a tsunami of sunshine. We're a tsunami of sunshine coming your way. I want to be the sun that helps people feel better. And if there's something that makes me feel better, I got to share it. You know, there's so much, so much negativity and so much misery in the world that if, if you can find something that makes you smile, it's, it's almost your duty. It's almost your duty to share it. We all have to be there for each other. And this is another thing I want to talk about. We are doing the Christmas junk box. As you all know, I talked about it in the last episode and I am reaching out for you guys. We're doing this as a Toys for Tot drive. You can get, 
I've been collecting all this cool stuff for an entire year, and it's in a giant, a super large USPS priority box, and I'm going to give it away. I want you to have it. I want to give this stuff for you, and all you got to do in return is something you should be doing already. There's a thing called Toys for Tots, and what you do is you buy a present, and you donate it, and these toys are given to underprivileged kids. Christmas, as much as we love it, is for kids. Christmas is for kids, and it, it... it makes me so sad to think that there are going to be kids out there who aren't getting any presents. And I, my wife and I, we don't share presents with each other. We just take everything we have, all the Christmas money. We buy a few things for, you know, good old 2.0. She has a great Christmas because she's a kid. We buy it for her. But we take everything we have and we buy gifts and we give them to Toys for Tots because I, I don't want kids to wake up and to find nothing under their tree or something small under their tree. Something small is fine, but... I don't want kids to be sad on Christmas. Christmas is supposed to be joy, so please. I'm going to start. I'm going to call some of you guys out by name. Engineer Nerd, Eric P., my man Gabe V., uh, Gino Vega, just everybody out there I know who listens. Go buy something for this Toys for Tot drive. Just anything. I understand we don't all have all the money in the world. Buy a Hot Wheels car. They're like... $1.99. Toys for Tots needs presents in all varieties. We need small presents. They need big presents. Just anything. Anything will help. Just anybody out there, Earl Green, Vic Sage, anybody I know who listens, please go out there, buy something, donate it for Toys for Tots. It will it will make you feel good as much as it will make somebody else feel good. Helping people feels good. That is a universal truth. That's why doing it. Helping people feels good. Say it to yourself. Buy a gift. Take a picture of the gift. I'll post it on the Facebook page and then donate it. And by doing so, you're entered in the contest to get this box. The box is fun. The box is full of cool stuff. There's mixtapes. There's toys. There's VHS tapes. There is so much fun stuff in here. It's all good, man, please. I'm begging you, go out and give something to Toys for Tots in the name of In the name of yourself, in the name of your family, do it for your ancestors. Do it to bring pride to your family. Do it to bring pride to yourself, please. I'm begging. I'm begging. I am pleading with you right now, man. It's up to all of us to help people who may not be able to help themselves. It is. It is our human duty. Doug McCoy, I'm calling on you. Kevin Zerby, I'm calling on you. Ferg, I am calling on you. I am calling on everybody out there. Spread the word. Let's make this into something that we can all be proud of. Let's let's take the power of IC Robots Radio. Carlos Perone, I'm naming you by name. Let's take the power of IC Robots Radio. Let's turn it into something good. Let's generate some presents. Stuntman Mike, I'm calling you. Joe Nobody, I'm calling you out right now. Let's give some gifts. Let's generate some good in the world. The world's a terrible place right now. Let's be honest. There are so many bad things going on. But we can do something good. We can use our abilities for good. Just like just like the Justice League. I don't know, man. Let's let's call it a day. Enough uh, enough ranting by me. I've been in such a mood lately. And I apologize for you guys having to sit through me being in a mood. But this is important to me. I... I'll tell you something. When my wife was coming up, her family didn't have all the money in the world. And there were many years they had to turn to Toys for Tots for presents. And some of some of her best Christmas memories are getting gifts from Toys for Tots. She got a Michael Jackson doll one year that she loved. She got a bunch of things that she loved. And these were all due to the kindness of strangers. And now we're all grown. 
We are those strangers. We're those people who can make people have a good Christmas. It's up to us. Let's do it. So, I, I, I can't say anymore, man. It's just, it's super important. Let's do it. So, for me... Iceberg 13, AB Silver, Engineer Emily, everybody that makes this happen. Let's go out and uh, let's do some good in the world. It's up to us. So, for uh, Toy Story Support episode number 139, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off. You don't know. Now you know. has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported Indeha. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.